Good evening, everybody. Today is um, December the 4th, 2013. Um, I want to say thank you for the privilege and um, the honor to stand before you and share what the Holy Spirit's been teaching with me. Um, I'm a little nervous, so kind of bear with me, but um, thanks again for allowing me the opportunity. Um, If I was going to give the title to this message, um, what it would be called would be um, Spiritual Darkness, Disorder, and Purpose. Um, when I'm in seasons of study, as the Holy Spirit deals with me, I kind of get topics that I'm on, and I can't get off of those topics. Um, many people can read the Bible and get something, but I have to be searching for something to be able to share, and that's kind of how he built me. So right now, everything I'm studying is about purpose, I, and I don't know how long he's going to have me doing that, but I just wanted to share with you tonight. Um, and I want to thank Matt for a couple of weeks back. He um, sat with me after the men's retreat, and I wasn't able to go, but he was able to share with me, help me find a little bit more grounding into what my purpose is. So, Pastor Matt, thank you very much for that. It helps me out a lot. Um, You can turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go through verse 1 through verse 5. I'm breaking this up in three separate areas. I'm going to talk about the darkness, the disorder, and then the purpose. Um, Hopefully, it'll congeal into something that will bless you. Um, it says in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, I want to stop here for a moment. Um, in verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we know in the Word that um, it's everything God does is perfect and right the first time. He doesn't make mistakes. He is complete in everything he does. So, between verse 1, And verse 2, something happened. Because if God created the heavens and the earth in verse 1, they would have been perfect from day 1. There would have been no issue. There was no formless. There was no void. So something transpired between verse 1 and verse 2. Now, many Christian theologians have what they call the gap theory. And they say billions of years transpired between verse 1 and verse 2. But that's irrelevant for the purpose. But we do know that something definitely transpired between verse 1 and verse 2. In verse 2, it says the... And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, pastors taught us that the word is tohu vohu, which means um, formless and void. Um, and the darkness on the face of the deep. I looked at the word darkness, and in the Bible, this is about 80 times darkness. And it has different meanings depending on how it's used in the Hebrew and how it's used in the Greek. In many cases, it simply is the absence of light. In other cases, it's the spiritual blindness that man has because of the fall. In other cases... It is Satan's um, outward attack against the light of God. And in this case here, it is both the absence of light and the Satan's presence in the universe. Okay? You can look at this um, darkness as disorder, um, the tohu vohu, chaos, and then the darkness that Satan is bringing is spiritual ignorance or absence of purpose in God's creation. Um, in Ephesians chapter 12, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual weakness in high places. And I, again, that word darkness was there. These beings that we are contending against, they are beings who exist to propagate spiritual ignorance of who we are and what God's purpose is for our life. They are, they, they are unemployed fallen angels, if you will. They have no more purposes. The purposes God gave them, they no longer do that purpose. So they exist to take us from our purpose, because once we walk in as we're supposed to walk, we are devastating to their kingdom. We've destroyed every single time. So when you are in a situation in your life where you have chaos, you have disorder, 
you're in a place where you don't know what your purpose is. You are dealing with these forces on a whole different level, okay? That's what kind of God has been showing me because I went from situations when I got back from Africa to now. I've been looking at my life like Brother Spencer said and seeing the goodness that God has done, but also noticing that in these certain situations, I was in darkness. I was in this place where I did not know which way to go. I didn't know what my purpose was, but God showed me when I got back into the scriptures how to return to where I'm supposed to be. Um, if we go to verse 3, it said, And God said, Let there be light. Amen. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And he called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let the firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. In verse 3, that light is the light of Christ. It is the illuminating light of the Holy Spirit. It is God's purpose being brought back to the universe. In verse 2, it was all chaos. It was all void. In verse 3, God saying, let order be restored. Let my knowledge be restored. Let purpose be brought back. Let the earth come up from the waters. Let the animals come forth. Let the earth yielding fruit. He started restoring back to what was destroyed in verse 2. So it's, it's, it's awesome because I looked in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, and it says, um, God is not a God of order, but a God of peace. And the word in Hebrew, peace is shalom. I looked that up. And shalom means completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, to be complete, to be perfect, and to be full. So in verse 2, I mean verse 3, when he said, let there be light, he's restoring order to his creation. He's restoring perfectness, completeness, wholeness. He was bringing back what his original intent was for his creation. Okay? Um, thank you. Thank you, brother. If we can go to the next slide. So I, that was dealing with the darkness aspect of um, things. Um, right now, I want to talk about disorder. About three and a half years ago, many of you may notice and some of you don't, um, my mom, she had a massive stroke and um, her heart stopped. They couldn't get it started for about eight minutes. And after about three minutes, you suffer irreversible brain damage. And I remember rushing to the hospital um, to see her on the table. They're cutting her clothes off and they're trying to get her heart stopped, started again. It was a very traumatic time period in my life. And um, after they got us stable, the neurologist met with me and my sister, and he said, um, listen, the degree of brain damage that your mother has, she will never be who she was. And that was kind of devastating to us because, you know, she was everything. She held the family together. She did all of the things that great mothers do, you know. And um, just hearing that she will never be who she was really freaked me out. And he said, you should just let her die. She, she will be a vegetable. Just let her go. So me and my sister, we called our relatives, we sat down and we talked to them. And even thinking about it today, it still kind of gets me after all of these years. But um, when we spoke to our relatives, they, we all came to universal agreement that we believe that God can restore. He's a God of purpose. He can do that if it's his will. So we spent many days praying for her to be restored. And um, it did not happen in the way that we was hoping she'll be restored. But in the midst of all that, God is so awesome. The Holy Spirit is so, so magnificent in what he does is when the neurologist told me what my mom's, the name of her condition was, this is some long, crazy name, um, I immediately went to the computer and started doing research to find out if anybody anywhere else on planet Earth had that same condition and there was any cure anywhere on planet Earth. If I had to pawn everything or whatever I had to do to get my mom to that place, I wanted to do it. And in the process of searching for weeks and weeks and weeks, um, well, I would say maybe like a couple of weeks of searching on the Internet, um, I realized that the neurologist was correct. Um, her brain damage, the type that she has, there's usually no coming back from it unless a miracle happens. 
Um, but what the Holy Spirit showed me in that was how the brain works and how his word relates to that. This has been a great blessing to me because once I got this, it helped free me from a lot of things that I was stuck in for ages. Um, what you're looking at here is the cell structure. You have the cell body in the middle. It is composed of the axion, which is those like highways, if you will, extending from it. There are dendrites that connect the two cells together. And there's a synapses, which is between the dendrites, where information travels from one cell to the next cell. Now, the brain is immensely complicated. And this was broken down very basically to, for me. Um, so um, this is really for me. But what I want to share with you is when you are in situations in your life and you're subject to certain stimuli. For example, I was in Walmart a couple of weeks back, and I was watching, I was just sitting in line, and this, this young lady had a little daughter, and I could tell that she probably came from a rough neighborhood just by how she was dressed. And she's screaming at a little daughter. So she probably, just for me looking at her, because I grew up in a neighborhood similar to that, she probably was a single parent. She probably was bitter and angry with her husband. She was upset that she got this burden of a new kid on her life. And she was, get up! And she screamed at a little girl. And, and she was just, I, I could see that what the mom is going through was going to be transmitted to the girl. And she's going to perpetuate that same thing when she gets up. And the generation goes on and on and on. Now, we realize that we're dealing with spiritual forces. They don't have the ability to really to affect us at, unless, as in the case of Job, God gives them permission. But really, as Pastor Matt was teaching us the other night, they affect the unsaved around us. So if you're not born again, filled with the Spirit, and walking in the anointing that God has given you, um, they can mess with you. So that's why it's so important for us to stay where we need to be. But getting back to this right here, what happens in your mind is when you are going through a certain type of stimuli, it forms a neural pathway that takes the information from one cell to another cell to tell you how to breathe, how to think, how to move, how to react in the situation. The more you put in certain situations, the more densely packed those neural highways go. There was a time in my past where a person would say certain words to me and I'd be ready to fight almost instantly at the speed of thought. Now, um, because I have the word of Christ and it said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, I have an alternate way where I can pray for that person as opposed to wanting to punch him and hurt him really badly. My point in saying this is many Christians all over the place, and I'm sure even some brothers and sisters in this place here tonight, they have situations that have happened in their past. And when the enemy can't affect you directly, but he says, I can manipulate the people and forces around you to create a similar situation, at the speed of thought, you run to the same conclusion that you ran to years ago. Whether it's alcoholism, it's lust, it's pornography, it's anger, it's bitterness, it's rage. When the enemy stimulates your surroundings in a certain way, It'll make you run at the speed of thought unless you have created alternate pathways in your mind according to the word of God. So, so, so this disorder that many people face can be cured by two things. Number one, by reading the word of God, which we all do. But more importantly than that is applying it daily. When you apply it, you create new neural pathways and you have different outcomes to your situation. So you're not stuck dealing with same circumstances of bitterness, self-loathing, anger, hatred, or whatever you're going through. The enemy, he'll sit around and say, I've been around here watching Brother Curtis for the last 30 years, and I know if I do this to Brother Curtis, he's going to want to go get a drink, he's going to want to go party, he's going to go and get into other mischief if I just create the situation. That was the old Curtis before the Holy Spirit showed me this principle. Now, I try to apply this as much as I can in my life so that when things happen, I'll give you an example. Something that happened a couple of, about a month or so ago. My boss was being completely um, horrific. And um, I was so stressed out that I wanted to get out of the house and just go and live my life the way I used to. And I knew that I couldn't be a part of this ministry living that way. I couldn't do a lot of the things that um, 
I've grown to love over the last couple of years, um, but simply because the enemy was affecting my boss who doesn't even believe in Christ Jesus, and he was causing me a lot of stress in my life. I'm home sitting there thinking about going out, knowing if I leave this place, um, I'm going to get into trouble. And the Holy Spirit put on my mind, Brother Alex. He's called Brother Alex. And I'm so thankful to be surrounded by believers because um, I called Alex and he said, I said, hey, man, what are you doing tonight? And he says, well, me and Haley's going to dinner with her in-laws. He says, but uh, what's up? And I said, well, man, I'm just I'm, I'm having some issues. I need to um, get out of the house. I'm going stir crazy in here. And he said, well, man, when we get back on my eight, maybe we can get together at nine and get together. He got back. We met out. And we had a couple of um, you know beers and we talked and I was able to vent and get everything off my heart. And I went home the same way I left. I didn't get into any issues or issues, things to that brother's being there for me. But the old Curtis, the way the old thoughts would have went would have been, let's go out and let's see what happens. So brothers and sisters, this disorder that many people have, if you do not apply the word of God daily in your situations, you don't create new neural pathways and you get into the same situations over and over and over again, regardless of their alcoholism, anger, bitterness, pornography, whatever it is. As soon as the enemy manipulates the situation around you because he knows what is your hot button, then you immediately, at the speed of thought, go back into those old frames of um, life. Okay? Um, I want to um, say the final thing. It's about purpose. The dictionary says the definition of the word purpose is the original intent for which something is created. Um, God's purpose in creating mankind, as we've learned, was to establish his heavenly kingdom on earth and to teach the heavenly powers. Okay? One thing that I've been learning about reading the scriptures and what the Holy Spirit is showing me is God is motivated by his will, not really our will. Okay? It's, it's very important that we get that because when we're sitting around praying for God to fix our situation, if we are praying for something which is out of the will of God, we are contrary to what he wants for us, and he won't do it. He's extremely motivated, motivated by his will. Um, the only thing that really concerns him, what I've learned, is his original purpose. This whole book is about his original purpose being restored to the way he wanted. So now that I've kind of grasped that, and it's taken me a while to get to that, the Holy Spirit showed me that recently, I'm like, I need to now learn how to pray for his will in all my situations to give me the strength to move on, applying the word, and also knowing that the spiritual beings that exist are beings who are absent of purpose and they, get, they try to get us off our purpose. In many cases, if you look in the scriptures, when the men of God and the women of God were walking in the purposes that God ordained for them, they were devastating. Um, you look at Moses, you look at Samson, you look at any of these men and women, when they were focused on what God had told them, this is what I want you to do, they were unstoppable. It's only when they got off of their purpose is when they got into trouble and they got into the attacks of the enemy. Um, Another thing about that previous one, the disorder, was I looked at Elijah recently, and I was thinking about this man here, how he was doing wonderful things for the kingdom. He was sitting in front of the prophets of Baal. He, 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 he prayed. God consumed the water. He consumed the wood. He consumed the altar. He consumed the prophets. And then a few chapters later, this wicked woman, Jezebel, threatens him, and he goes in a cave. And I look at this in relationship to me and how things have been in my life is, God came to the mouth of the cave, and he says, why are you here? And he wasn't asking for Elijah's physical location. He knew where he was, but he was asking for him mentally. Why are you here? I just did all these wonderful things for you. I just showed my power, and now this woman threatens you, and you're in this place where you're scared and terrified. And how many times we go in places where something happens in our life, and I really want us to kind of get that tonight. The spiritual forces will manipulate situations and cause us to go into these 
mental caves in our mind, regardless of what we're dealing with. As Brother Spencer was saying earlier, um, you kind of forget what the Lord has done for you. We got to keep that in remembrance to everything that we're going through. Um, a couple more things I've learned about this purpose that I'm, I'm learning, I should say. Um, in Luke chapter 4, and this is going along with God's original ten, um, God's original intention for us, um, verse 43, he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns because this is why I was sent. This is Lord Jesus talking. He was saying that I was sent to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And that's what I'm learning now, right now. So the Holy Spirit is teaching that we are here to proclaim the good news of the kingdom to Okay, and in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, if you want to turn there. It says, um, then the king will say to those on the right, come, all you who are blessed of my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared to you since the creation of the world. When I looked at that, this is already showing us that God has already prepared a place for us. He already has an inheritance prepared for us. It's when we do not know who we are that we miss out on what he has already stirred has created for us. We have an inheritance. We are, many many of us, I asked some Pastor Eric about this the other day, um, about the word Christianity. For what I'm learning is, Jesus never called himself a Christian. You know, he looked at himself as the son of the living God. He was, and as we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are able to look at ourselves as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, in this dispensation of time to fulfill a certain purpose that God has created for us. If we're looking at ourselves like that, we begin to start walking again in the strength that we're supposed to walk in. I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven on earth for a specific purpose of my king. Once I figure out what the purpose is and I start walking in it according to his will, I become devastating to the enemy. And the enemy terrified of that right there. Um, I really don't have a whole lot more to say besides this. It's just that these six points I'm working on right now, and I want to share this with you. Um, number one says um, the kingdom of God, it must be studied. If we don't study the kingdom, we don't know who we are in the kingdom. Number two, the kingdom must be understood. We need to understand who we are in the kingdom and understand what powers and what abilities God has given to us to fulfill our, our purposes while we're here on the, on the planet. And number three, you cannot experience the kingdom unless you completely understand it. To walk in the anointing, to walk in the power, you need to know who you are. If you're in a state of darkness, a state of disorder, you are missing what you were called to do and you can't understand the kingdom in that way. Um, the enemy of the kingdom is not necessarily sin, but it's really ignorance. Sin it hinders the Holy Spirit, but ignorance of who you are and what you're called to do, it's really the most devastating thing against the kingdom. God showed in verse 2, uh, verse 3, he restored order, he restored knowledge, he restored purpose back to the universe. So when you are in that place where God has made for you to be, then we are a threat to the enemy. Um, and number 6, um, well, you cannot appropriate the coming against number 5, you cannot appropriate the kingdom um, unless you understand it. And number six, success in the kingdom demands knowledge of who you are and what is your purpose. So these things right here is what I'm learning right now with the Holy Spirit is learn who you are. Pray according to my will, not your will, in all situations. Know that I will take care of the situation if you are in the will that I have set before you. And do not let the enemy manipulate situations around us to cause us to go into our caves and our mind. Understand that we need to create new pathways of thought by applying the Word of God to our thought life and to how we and to physically apply it as we are doing things on a daily basis. Amen. I love you, brothers and sisters.
Come on, somebody tell Curtis that was a good word. That was a timely word. You can just tell the truth now. That was for me. You can say it. That was for me. You're saying it? Everybody saying it? Everybody? All right, it was for me. I'm going to read you one scripture. I'm going to let you go. And Curtis was talking about new neural pathways. The Bible tells us exactly that. Turn me to Ephesians 4. And after you get to Ephesians 4, go one more chapter to the right to Ephesians 5. Then go back to Ephesians 4. I finally discovered the scripture I was looking for. Ephesians 4.22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to make new neural pathways, Curtis. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. If you do what you've always done, you will get what you have always gotten. That is an immutable law. It's insanity to consider anything other than that. So now would be a great time to consider where what you've always done has gotten you. And make a new neural pathway. The word of God will teach us how to act. And it is basically God created my mind. He created me to be like him. What would he do in this situation? And now we have our new, new neural pathway. The Bible is a roadmap to a new way of life. Amen. For a new species on this planet. I don't know about y'all. But I kind of just dig the way that Curtis relates things. I also... Love that he loves this body and this body loves him. I want to tell you when your brother or sister calls you, you might be saving their life. Right? Maybe don't screen the brother's calls. Okay? Maybe you could pray during the day and look for one person in this church you could call and bless. By the way, if you begin to perform out there what you've practiced in here, that's setting in those neural pathways. We rep these things like a team in a huddle so that when we're on the playing field of life, they happen. This means in the privacy of your own home, get your neural pathways right. Get your speech right. Get your life right. It will not work in reverse. You can't show up to church and get it right here and then go home and practice privately uh, sinning and then expect it to work. It won't. God will speak into our darkness and he will create light. And we all got a little more darkness than we would like. But he's got all the light we can handle. Amen. Y'all stand to your feet. That was a good word.